Welcome to Women Work and Wine Wednesday. I'm Donna Carlson, your host and work-life strategist, bringing you this podcast to share strategies that make work and life work for you from everyday working women just like us. Today's guest is Elaine Humphreys, a licensed counselor specializing in women's issues, which is exactly why she's on the faculty for the Life Strategy Retreat for Executive Women in November. Her heart to help women thrive is evident when she tells her story. Hang with us. Get ready to laugh a little as we talk about a few of our pet peeves, as well as what fills up a woman's life. And in your counseling practice, you have a heart to help women thrive. And I think that's why we connected and we just had to share this conversation with more people. So Mm -hmm. I would love for you to give a little bit of a backdrop to Elaine Humphreys, your work history and where you are now in your counseling practice, just so people kind of get a glimpse of who you are. Okay. Well, I started in education. Um, I My first job was working at an inner city middle school in San Diego. And I was way too pale to be working in that environment. <laughs> but um, it was a great learning experience. I taught actually home economics in Spanish. Nice. Yeah. And they used to call it home economics. I don't know if it even exists anymore or what they call it. <laughs> I don't think high schools offer that anymore. I don't think so. So I taught that and and I also taught Spanish. Then I I worked as a counselor at Focus on the Family part-time while raising my three kiddos, which was the most important job I've done. Uh, Then I worked at a small private school teaching Spanish to pre-K through fifth grade uh, while serving as the children's school counselor. Uh-huh. And now I'm back. My kids are all grown and starting their families. And I'm back at Focus on the Family Counseling, and I have a small private practice. Perfect. And you kind of focus your clientele For the women, most part, right? yes. I especially love mentoring younger women. But my specialties that I list are relationship issues, communication tools, uh, I work with the eating disordered and addicted. Uh, I love working w- with women in and in, with couples in terms of communication and marital issues. And I work with parents, helping parents uh, be the best they can be. So those are kind of my areas that I really am passionate about. Wow. You know, what do you think out of the exposure you've had to the challenges that women are working with? What do you think is the, the, the biggest thing that keeps women from living fully into um, the greatness of, of what they're made to be or who they well, are? Well, I, I kind of a work from a model of discovering uh, your broken self. And of course, we're all broken because why else would we need a savior is what I believe. Um, And so we need to identify where that brokenness started. Where was the wound and what was the false self that we developed to cover up that broken self that helped us survive? 
And then um, my passion is to help women, especially identify their true selves and begin to walk in that. So I think, you know, the things that hold us back really are most, for the most part, rooted in our, the beginning, in our childhood. And so, and now, you know, the culture is so, we're so busy and we're so focused on performance. So there's less deep connection. So there's a lot of things going on currently that hurt us as women. We don't have deep connection. We get isolated and addicted and depressed and, and then we run to busyness for our anesthesia. Um, so developing deep mm. um, soulish relationship is another passion of mine for women. I love the way you put that. We run to busy, busyness mm. for anesthesia. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't love that we do that, but it's a. It's very well. Well, I speak from experience. <laughs> I that's one of my anesthesias and most of my friends, you know, we're in our sixties now and we recognize that, wow, what a counterfeit that is, but that's what we've run to. And, you know, it temporarily satisfies. We don't, we don't want to be still, right. You know, we don't want to slow down because then we have to sit with the pain and the grief and the reality of what real life is. Right. If we slow down, we have to absolutely pain. So you, you work with people to be able to slow down and sit with the pain. I do. And with myself, (laughs) it's, it's very much a challenge in our culture, but, um, one way that I do that is just help women to write their stories and really get into the detail of it and really recognize what were the messages I received as a child and beyond that I'm living out of things that weren't true about me and about the world. So identifying that is so critical, I think. So that's part of the counseling practice that you do. You have them write down what happened in the past and then rewrite in terms of the way they want. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think to really dig into the nitty gritty of, of, how we've gotten to where we are. We have to look at our history and a lot of us skate over that. No, 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 no. That's past. I'm done with that. Well, we're never really done with it. We need to look at it in detail and really tell ourselves the truth about the things we believed. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And, um, I, I binge a lot on neuroscience, um, and I, I love listening to Dr. Caroline Lee. She's always, talking about how to Mm. rewire your brain and she she gives she was just talking this week in a podcast about helping you to identify those things in real time that once you've done the work you develop the the habit to see and and then when you start to get sabotaged by those old messages you learn to identify them faster and you have a, a way out that that Keeps you from getting right. Your awareness increases. You can red flag those things and you can respond in a better way each time. So, yeah, that's so critical. And, you know, the footwork is critical and we want to skate over that. But the the daily disciplines and what we choose, how we choose to uh, arrange our agenda every day has a lot to do with that growth because there's 
the part that we have and then I believe that God has. We do the footwork and he does the redemptive work deep inside as a result. But we have yeah. to confront those lies and, you know, that doesn't stop just because we're, we're aware of them. We have to keep confronting them. I love that you said that. that that's the whole reason why I started creating strategies for women to, to identify those patterns and quickly get out of them so that they can get back mm-hmm. to the real work of life. And really um, make a faster and more instantaneous shift out of that pit, that, that slippery slope that we fall into and move back into health. Right. And hopefully over time, those little periods of time where we're walking in that false self or believing those lies or checked out, you know, become fewer and farther between that's the growth process. So, but it starts with awareness. We, and so that's why I think writing our stories is so important. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that, uh, the, the writing part, I just blogged on mother's day. I sent out a blog post about how, uh, I learned how to write letters to my child self. As mm, my mom that's self. so good. Because I, I still at 52, I still wish mm-hmm. I had a mom. And I've had many people step up and offer to, to fill a little part of that mm-hmm. role, which is sweet. That's just, that's, that's a picture. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but I still, I tell my husband, I said, nobody really, really loves me the way I love my kids. I wish I had somebody in my life who couldn't wait to read oh, my blog. Oh, no, I hear you. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, you, you grew up in a, in a painful past too. So you can identify And My, my friend said, write a letter to your child self from your mom. Love it. Great strategy. Love her her the way that you would love her if you were your daughter. I went, Oh, that's so great. Cause that child sometimes is still alive. Even when we're 52. <laughs> oh, let me tell you at 64 that- too. I'm still, I still want my you, mama. You it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for helping me yeah. to feel like that's normal. <laughs> Cause it's almost scary to say out loud, but, um, I, I found myself, I met a fantastic, really, really, um, uh, high achieving C level, you know, executive level woman, uh, last week. And as we're sitting there in Starbucks, having a conversation, I realized I had a, a just a glimpse of realization that in my mind, mm. I'm 12 interviewing this very successful woman. And I forget from moment to moment that she's looking across the table and she sees another successful yeah. woman, her age, <laughs> That's a realization, and isn't it? I have to myself. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, wait. No, Donna, yeah. you are a great <laughs> I know. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but, and that happens to me too, because there's those empty spaces in us that don't just go yeah. away because we know we have some truth. They're still there and they're still longing to be filled. Yeah. You know, that's, and, and when you meet somebody, especially that has those really motherly kind of attributes you just want to jump in their lap. <laughs> uh-huh. It's, uh, I have, 
I have actually, oh, it's so funny. I have actually had that, that feeling wash over me when I'm with a woman that um, mentors me in such a loving mm-hmm. way. I, I just really, I want her to take me in, oh, yeah. in her arms. And it's so good to hear that other people experience that in, um, you know, the other yeah. half of life. <laughs> because I think it's something that never really closes, but it's a gap that girlfriends can meet for one another. Very much, yes. Don't you think? Boy, I I just depend on my girlfriend so much for that. You know, my husband's great. He tries, but (laughs) there's just Mm -hmm. missing there. Our boys. Yeah, they do the best (laughs) they can, right? Right, right. (laughs) Well, you know, my husband totally understands that I need time with girlfriends for to be a complete mm-hmm. woman and anytime I have a date with girlfriends he says go you're always better when you come back yeah my husband says that too and thank the lord we have husbands that get that you know and they, yeah. they need their guy time too yeah. they don't they're not as aware of that need but I always tell my husband go be with your friends too let's need them yeah Yep, absolutely. Well, this is really neat. Um, I want to um, synapse a little bit to talk about um, you, Elaine, the giver here in this equation, because you're talking about how you also have to have your needs met and you have a wonderful counseling practice that helps other women. But um, to keep your cup full and be able to give the way you do, how is it that you keep all of the things Imbalance. Well, first of all, I don't, <laughs> but I keep trying. <laughs> Thank you. For yeah. I tell myself I'm only human and I try to f- rush to forgive myself when I do get out of balance, which happens regularly. Um, but, you know, ordering my priorities is something I try to do each morning. I, I really for me, relationship with God is first, and I want to start my days with that. So I try to prioritize according to that and spend time with him in the morning. Um, and then, you know, self-care. I come second. And, you know, if we don't own it, it will own us. That's a, a quote I got from my husband that I've used all through the years. If we don't own our own stuff, take care of ourselves and value our own story, um, things are going to creep in and we're going to start living out of that false self again. And it's, it's going to take us over eventually. Mm-hmm. So self-care is really important. I do a lot of journaling. I don't know if you've heard of Julia Cameron. Yes, I love, I love her. Julia Cameron. And she, got, she introduced me through the artist way, her book to morning pages. So I try yeah. to write my morning pages which I really have to push myself. Some women can write three pages, no problem. I really have to stretch. (laughs) But it's a way to honor and value my story. So that's one thing I do. Um, And then, you know, just doing the physical things I I need to exercise. And I love Zumba. I'm kind of a wannabe Latina. So whenever I can get out there and shake my (laughs) booty... (laughs) I tried to do I it. love it. Well, it, 
It must be just ingrained in you. How long have you been uh, fluent in Spanish? Uh, well, I lived in Spain for a year in my 20s, and I lived in Costa Rica for six months. That was probably the beginning of me being fluent, so 40 years. And I'm not perfectly fluent. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm pretty choppy. <laughs> well, you know, there's no comparison when you're talking about um, – Come, uh, donde está la playa? That's about hey, as far very as I good. I loved your accent. <laughs> you know, my accent is so convincing yes, that you think I'm it fluent. Is. It's because you're a word person. <laughs> you're very articulate. <laughs> you know, and yeah, I know I'm also very respectful about culture. I want people mm -hmm. to feel honored, and therefore, I want to try and pronounce their their name in the most um, authentic way. I met a woman last night who was German. And I pronounced her name so precisely, she oh. was astonished. And she said, you did that so well. And I said, well, I did take three years of German. It's not that I can actually remember any of it, but I do know how Very to pronounce Very good. <laughs> wow. So do you say Buena Vista? <laughs> no, I am advocate <laughs> against any slaughter of original Spanish language. And I don't care if the founder of the town decided that they want to call it Buena Vista. I think it's a, it's an atrocious insult to the entire um, culture. I agree. Of like Salida, you know, <laughs> uh -huh. that kills I, me. <laughs> I cannot tell you. It makes me nuts. Well, and what makes me even more nuts is when there's a, a you know, somebody on TV and instead of taking the time to learn how to pronounce Vasquez, they'll say yes. Vasquez. I mean, it doesn't take that much effort to learn the oh, pronunciation. Oh, thank you. I hear you. And I, oh, thank you for agreeing with me in that. And all of you, I have a friend who is a, a Japanese-American. So many people have slaughtered her name that she has actually uh, butchered it in order to make it convenient oh, for people. Tragic. Uh, she... She basically introduces herself as like the Anglo version of her beautiful Japanese name. And I, I just absolutely, mm. I'm appalled by that. I think that we should all be accountable to respect other cultures, even I to our inconvenience. <laughs> but I have to say, but I can't I believe we're getting <laughs> off on this, but uh, I, um, for a period of time when, when we were young, at least we'll, one of my sisters and I, you know, um, we're still at home with my parents and we live close to the border mm -hmm. of Mexico. So most of our friends were Hispanic. And I learned at that time that it is hard for some people to pronounce, um, other, um, yeah. mm -hmm. accents. And, um, we had one really good friend who was in our life, Mario Fuentes. And every single time we tried to coach my mom to say Mario Fuentes, she'd say Mario Fuentes. <laughs> I'm like, how, how in the world can you not yeah. do that? <laughs> yeah. Like my Canadian father always said tacos for tacos. Can't you get at least tacos, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you're wondering, are you, are you being sly? What are you, what? <laughs> seriously? <sighs> A little annoyances oh, in life. Oh, okay. Así es la vida. Oh, well. Sí, uh, sí. Well, don't get me started oh, on my Russian. Oh, my. Accent. You are multilingual. <laughs> only, only through phonetic <laughs> accents. 
Okay, well, yeah. we're getting yeah. way off <laughs> purpose here, but I, I like that you see the the need. To, we we both see the world in the same way, um, and um, the the holistic approach you take to making sure that your cup is full helps you to give um, other people a much better. Um, uh, result. Yeah, I think for many years, I didn't give myself permission to take care of myself. I just, you know, coming from that more fundamentalist Christian place, I, I felt it was all about duty and obligation. And then I realized, what good am I if I don't take care of myself? And I have some value myself. So (laughs) it's okay to take care of ourselves. Oh, absolutely. It's necessary. And, um, I, I see that more now you have grown children. Mine are growing up and they're all 16 mm-hmm. and, and higher. If we don't model that now, then they have yeah, the we can thing. save them some time. Yeah, and really energy. save them some time. That's my goal in life. And that's why I love partnering with you. I'm so glad that you're going to be a counselor at my executive woman's. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to it. You have so much offer and i tell you um in in our last retreat so many women took advantage of those one-on-one appointments with a oh counselor. good it was an amazing <clears throat> well i will look for forward them. to that and a lot of us just don't have time don't want to make the time or we don't really want to do the hard work of finding mm-hmm. the right counselor so i feel like i'm doing the world a favor by curating a group of really great, caring people wow. like you, so that I mean, they don't have to do the hard work of making sure they have the right people in the room. Oh, that's that awesome! Yeah, it is hard to find a good fit, and sometimes you really have to do the trial and error. But boy, it's so worth persevering and finding somebody that you feel safe with and that you can really pour out your heart and soul and, and receive back that good counsel and lots of love. And <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, um, speaking of wine retreats, um, I just have to ask you the most important question that we ask on this podcast. <laughs> um, it's not, not very deep. It's really um, just about, when you're relaxing on the weekend and you're going to buy your favorite bottle of wine, why do you go to? What's your it favorite? It is. Drum roll. <laughs> I really like Lindemann's Bin 45 Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love it. Oh. And that's my usual go-to, but I do like some variety now and then. So I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> well, if you like a Cabernet, I have to tell you that um, God bless Costco for finally bringing the wine in yes. in Colorado Springs because we have waited for years. <laughs> and um, there is a Chateau St. Michel Cabernet that I've talked about on oh, previous okay. podcasts. So apologies to everyone. If you can't find your, your bin 40, 45, 49, mm-hmm. 45, bin 45, I think they have that at Costco too. But the Chateau St. Michel is. Um, just a really nice balanced um uh hearty red that's not oh, good thanks for that tip is is it reasonably priced oh i love ten dollars okay. okay yeah 10 or 10 okay. 50 or something like that yep 
yeah, they should be giving me a, a cut. Uh, Absolutely. Know, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and in case anyone from Chateau St. Michelle is listening, uh, I'll give you my phone <laughs> number. Um, and speaking of phone numbers, tell us how we can reach Elaine. If somebody's looking for a counselor and wants to engage with your business one-on-one, how do they find you? Okay. Well, I don't have a website, but uh, you can reach me at my email. Should I go ahead and give that? Or should? Well, um, or whatever you're comfortable sharing. Um, if if you if you're not comfortable sharing private information on the podcast, I can always have them just contact me. Yeah, I don't mind sharing it. I can give it. Okay, so yeah, it's H U M P H R E M as in Mary. Two M's there. Um, zero six at yahoo dot com. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. I think it's so important for people to know hear somebody's personality and hear their heart and say, that's somebody I want to talk to. It's, um, it's nice for them to have media access to be able to get that conversation started. Awesome. And, Thank you, Donna. And you know, something you shared in a, a, a podcast that I heard, I love it. I actually wrote down this down. This is one of your quotes um, that we can rewrite our story that it doesn't, that we can re- rewrite <laughs> the story our story that doesn't have a happy ending we can rewrite that ending and I love I love that that's what I think of when I think of you I appreciate that I'm so glad that that stands out to you it's important to me to make sure that other people know that they can rewrite the ending of other unhappy stories I write fiction to rewrite the ending of my mother's story Mm, I, I heard that I love that yeah so well thank you I love that. On that note, what, what is there um, left to be said? Um, <laughs> thanks for spending time with me on this podcast today. And please share it with your friends when I send it the recording to you. Hmm. Thank you, Donna. Will, um, be in touch soon and um, be talking about that retreat. Awesome. You have a great weekend. You take care. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you took the time to have a glass of wine with the girls today. I hope you found something that you can take back into your life that moves you from surviving to thriving in your workday and every day. If you love the conversation here, you might like to get on my mail list. Just go to 360lifestrategies.com and sign up. Heck, check out the blog or the retreats page if the subject caught your attention. There are other places where we can hang out. You need strategies for your everyday life? Look up 360 Life Strategies on Facebook or Pinterest where you can find my wine palace. Or suit your soul with everyday inspiration on Instagram at Donna Carlson 360 I hope you'll come again, bring a friend, and let us know what you think of this podcast. Heck, if you'll take 30 seconds and rate us now, we can keep bringing you strategies that make work and life work for you. Until next time.